The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. That's cbp.gov careers usbp. When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is. But the rest of your body? Oh, yes. It's going to relish every moment of it. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69. From any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice-cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. and welcome to Wondering to Gdansk. These are our Euro shows uh, kicking off the season. If we're if there's a, a game in Europe, these are the shows we're going to be doing. It could last two episodes, it could last all season. It could be a waste of time, it could be the best thing we did. We'll just find out. Uh, on this show, on a, on a crisp, sunny evening, Roy's here, everybody. Hello, good evening. Andy's here. Hello. Stu's here. Chesh. Oh, it's Polish. you. <laughs> it's Polish for hello. Well, we, so, well, someone's done in their research. Yeah. Someone, yeah, <laughs> someone's took it way too seriously. Yeah. Uh, right, we're going to talk a lot on this show this week. Obviously, we're going to talk about uh, the Europe's games coming up. We've got an interview with Andy Brassel, who's a European football journalist for The Guardian, but also appears on the On The Continent podcast. And a Crusaders fan as well, talking to us about their team as well. Look, gentlemen, it would be a miss if we didn't talk about the recent things going on. There's been a lot of recent things going on. More importantly... Before recording, Roy brought up the fact that you think this is the first time you've recorded this show in shorts. Yeah, we were just five minutes before coming on, and I was like, this is a bit weird. I'm in Dave's house. Uh, if we picture the scene, we've got the doors open, going onto the back lawn. We're all in shorts. As, as Stu wears shorts all, all year round. Yep. Christmas in the snow, that's that's Stu. But <laughs> for, for me, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a podcast in shorts. So we'll know by the end of it whether or not that was the right decision or not. <laughs> Whether or not the usual attire is, I've just come from work and I'm in my work trousers, I'm maybe a little bit more restricted. So maybe you might get a bit more out of me because <laughs> this is a laid back hoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're literally yeah. going to get more out of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so yeah, we're recording this on a very warm day. We're going to yeah. have a heat wave this month. We're I hear, have, so yeah, we're yeah. going to have a really hot day tomorrow. Yeah, that's your weather. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully people will listen to it as it is that heat wave as I well. know, yeah. And I just felt that cool breeze, yeah. so I, I'm relieved about that. Yeah, so well, it was very warm in China, Dave. Is it that was. a nice link? Is that, uh, is that No, no, nearly. we're not there yet. Oh, oh, right, okay. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. Anyway, it would be a miss as well if we didn't mention the one thing we've been talking about on social media for the last few weeks, and you're going to hear it again on the next few weeks of the <laughs> podcast. It's a live show, gentlemen. We're doing a live show. We're, we're apparently, we're wow. doing a live show. I got told this yesterday. <laughs> I just thought, okay, fine. Uh, look, it's Friday the 23rd of August, 7.30, Arena Theatre, Wolverhampton. Stu, where is the Arena Theatre in Wolverhampton? Because a lot of people say to me, where's that? Well, they should just follow me on Twitter and look at the picture, shouldn't they? But if people don't follow me on Twitter, because <laughs> I don't have Twitter. It's behind the art gallery. 
That's the one. Yeah. So you, you can't you, get further than that. Yeah, if you yeah. if you walk in the goose, have a point, walk out the door, go past the art gallery to the left hand side, and it's there it's in there. front of you. Yeah. Easy to find. Uh, look, we're going to be. It's, it, this is actually the start of our tenth season of doing this podcast. So it's a bit of a celebration to, of ten years of doing the show. It's going to be all the usual fancast fun you hear on the show. All the latest news that's been going on um, before then. Now, hopefully, it would have been the playoff game to get into the group stage the night mm. before, gentlemen. So we could be celebrating, or it could be a fake up heartbreak once again. We will be celebrating. We will, we will be, be celebrating. celebrating. So come and celebrate with us. We're going to do the big fancast quiz with Dan. There's going to be prizes to be won. We've got some fun things planned as well. So just go to wallsfancast.com slash fancast live or search for Arena Theatre Wolverhampton and you can buy your tickets there. Now, don't be one of those people who says, oh, I'll buy it near the time. We've heard a few of that. We've heard a few where we, yeah, okay, that's genuine. Some people are just being polite, let's just say. Uh, but yeah, gents, they should buy tickets, shouldn't they? they? They should, and I think, you know, we've put a lot of videos out, um, you may have seen on the channels over the last couple of weeks, and to be honest, I don't want people to think this is something we've just come up with. It's actually been in the pipeline for some time, some years, effectively, but it kind of feels quite niche that, as Dave said, we're in the 10th season um, of, of the, uh, the fan cast, and those 10 seasons you can't get more uh, versatile or more of a roller coaster uh, in watching walls so we're going to kind of look at that in our own in our own way yeah. in our own fan cast way so I'm no, really looking forward to it so yeah encourage anybody to to get a ticket and have a good night and I yeah. think most people will be listening to this probably on their smartphones yeah. so why not just nip onto twitter go to the walls fan cast page get the link buy your tickets now yeah and if you're driving obviously don't do that Wait, do that now. Next time you pull up to a red light, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. please no. don't do that. No. Please don't. Wait do until that. you're in a stationary position where you can get out your car and then do that with with obviously internet signal. Or, and, and, yeah. Or you could ask Siri. Can you do that? I haven't tried that yet. I don't know. What, what, what do you mean? You can ask her. Yeah. If someone she might tell you no, if someone <laughs> tries this and books through Siri, tell us. Okay. Or Alexa. Yeah. Other AI is available. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, so go buy your tickets, and then you c- we give you permission to ignore us every time we mention that from now on. I'm yeah, so th- thanks to everyone who's brought tickets so far. And, um, yeah, should be should a good be night. Good I wonder if people are actually going to have selfies with us, and want selfies with us. I really hope mm. not. I don't <laughs> yeah. think we're at that stage. No. I don't ever want to be at that stage, I don't think. <laughs> a little bit uncomfortable. Buy a drink, we'll buy you a drink. If I instead. wasn't on it, I'd be having selfies. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, Stu. <laughs> well, it's all right. We'll have a box for Dan as well. So if you want to sell with Dan, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> the quiz king. <laughs> right, let's get on to uh, proceedings then, gentlemen. Let's talk about China. And Wolves went to China for the Premier League Asia Trophy and won it. Everybody, never in doubt, never in doubt. When we had Man City in the <laughs> final, um, but I want to talk about firstly, he's just looking at all the coverage over the week, the setting, all the events that had on the fashion show. The pandemonium when the fans t- when the fans when the players turned up, seeing wolves in China <laughs> playing football games. I just don't think I would ever thought in my wildest dreams, even as a kid, someone told me, "Oh, this is going to happen in when you're older, mate." Just it was just weird. They looked like rock stars, didn't they? Yeah. And they got off the plane and was just mobbed by people. It was incredible. It's China very much was in our hands. Nice. But, <laughs> 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 it's. It's one of them, it is like a, even now, you look at the video, it's surreal, it's not wolves, but yeah. it's, we're not wolves anymore, it's, the whole thing's just mad, it's just mental, but in a way, you look at, when, just three years ago, when Ferguson came in and said, yeah, this is what we want, and you think, yeah, okay, calm down, we've seen the Venkies, we've seen all this before, mm. but they've delivered, and that's just, 
the highlight of the whole thing when we've seen it with our own eyes now, and it's it's Dreamland again. I mean, that fashion show was incredible. I mean, some weird stuff that was being worn. <laughs> I mean, it was a nice little kind of combination of old school and new school in terms of the the, the logos and emblems we had at Wolves of But still, I was looking at stuff going, what's that girl wearing that beret wearing with that bag? You're not going to be seeing it around Parkfield, are you? Let's be honest. I don't know. You might wear it in Asda in on the ground, won't you? Some, of, some of the stuff, I'll, I <laughs> asked Alex to bro- get look for me and they, they didn't have it in the shop. It was just, it was just concept it. stuff. But if they had, <laughs> certain, certain people would be wearing it at Fancast Live, so you could have walked from the scene. It would be But the thing is, though, we're not just catching on to what Stu said there earlier, and I, I think you said it's not walls anymore, and it's not, and that's, and I think that's the thing. It's kind of when you grow up watching this team, as as we all have, and are used to sort of the usual pre-season tour, and you used to kind of the appeal of walls, just really within WV and a little bit further afield and I know we're an historical big club but for this generation to do a tour of China and to kind of be a big deal and have um, Wolves ice cream um, a, <laughs> a strange wolfy mascot to have a bully at a beer festival and bought bully being mobbed like he's in the Beatles it's just <laughs> it's just it's just weird it's really really surreal but this is absolutely where we're at now and I think for the owners it was it was a PR thing I mean I said on the week on Twitter I, I can't speak for Nuno but I would imagine preparation coming up to the new season probably isn't ideal having a tour that further afield but we're no different to you know Liverpool to go to America for their owners etc so this is just where we're at now aren't we going to China is um, all about business Ultimately, um, this is where the big you know, boys play. It's where the big bo- boys play. <laughs> um, so, no, absolutely surreal, absolutely bonkers. But this is Wolves in 2019. It's very much foes and presents Wolverhampton Wanderers, yeah. isn't it? That's, that's where we are now. And then, after all that, we actually had some football as well, Gentlemen. Mm. 4 0 win against Newcastle, quite straightforward. <laughs> and then the final win, it was 0 0, but 3 2 win on penalties. You know, this is you know we had a, there was a lot of changes at, at half time. A lot of the academy kids got a run out. I know with the Newcastle game, you could argue was that really a test of what, where we're at given their situation. Did you gleam anything out of those games or any kids that came on that you were impressed with at all? Sanderson and Taylor Perry for me both looked. That Sanderson looked all right. I love the mm-hmm. hair as well. Mm-hmm. That's that's classic fan cast hairstyle yeah. as well. You look at me; he's coming from absolutely nowhere. I mean, he's already unserved good old Oscar Burr. He's never going to be seen again now. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was, and I saw the the, um, the Tessa Sanderson picture that's in the Tiger still next to uh, on the, big on the wall in the uh, eating area at the back. And you think that's going to have to have a little message now saying Dion Sanderson's auntie because <laughs> <laughs> the kid is super. He looks superb already. I mean, yeah, Newcastle was shit, but that's what they are. And but. He held himself well, considering that's his first first team appearance. Whoever you're playing against in that heat, in them conditions, he looked like he he just slotted in perfectly. Another Man City as well. I thought he did all right when he came on as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. I exactly. mean, I, I only saw him against Man City. I'm, I missed the Newcastle game, to be honest. And um, I think that's the thing. He just the the these build. He looks sort of like this is a player. This 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 kid can play. So um, it's a really strange one because you know we'll talk 
perhaps about the squad and, and, and perhaps the size of it and this and there may be opportunities particularly in the early rounds for some of these players or they may go out on loan but um, there, there is probably a general concern with how well we're doing that you may not going to bring players through but someone like Sanderson yeah I thought he stood out I thought he looked great in terms of what else you can glean from it well you know we won a tournament we won a trophy you know, yeah. okay, so, um, the age of trophies coming oh it's <laughs> <laughs> It's very much the, the start of the Premier League season, it isn't is, it? Yeah. Everyone looks forward to the Asia Cup. So. We can say at the end of the season, yeah. we've won a trophy, everybody. Mm-hmm. An official Premier League trophy. I think that's like three trophies in two years for Nuno, because I think we won one last pre-season, I think. Maybe. Yeah, we won the... Yeah. The Euron Cup, was it? Yeah, yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. Look, keep having the trophy cabinet. <laughs> yeah. They all count. They all count. I've got my headphones on here, and I presume... I can all, all I can hear is kids playing outside. Yeah, I think it's yeah. the the, uh, the neighbours <laughs> to the back of us. Just keep kids playing outside. Just you know, it's normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, and, and the good thing is, you know, the kids are excited. Everyone's excited. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just it, just the whole experience. I just watching everything out there, and obviously the players are back now. But it was just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I said to on the way here. I mean, I always watch these summer tournaments anyway, just for, because there's no football on. Yeah, yeah. And where we're pissing about in Ireland playing Bohemians for a laugh, and you think, oh well, it's just Wolves. It doesn't matter. And you what you watch the good football, and we are near the good football, <laughs> and we we deservedly won that tournament. We played better than in both games than the the opposition. So I mean, you look at the, Ruby Patricio. He's now the hero of all heroes. I mean, some some Great of those saves were fantastic. I mean, you could argue that Man City really should have, especially the Sterling Petty probably should have won it really in the first half because Sterling De Bruyne, the mm. how they linked up was great. Mm. But especially in the second half, and um, was it Silva had that free kick? Yeah, and Patricio mm. saved it. I mean, in the, in it was world class, wasn't it? Know, Just yeah. for what's essentially a friendly tournament. Friend of the fan cast, of course, Ruby Patricio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was great. I think it was all great. We loved it. Um, <laughs> we've got some quick five questions to do now, gentlemen, because we know we've got a lot to go through. So quickly, I feel like I need some music for this, but oh well. Just magic music in your head. <laughs> all right, new kits, home and away kit, yay or nay? Yay, no. Yeah, and uh, the home one's so mental that it's it's almost borderline genius. That you can uh, it looks three different colours in different light. <laughs> and <laughs> the away kit, I seem to be the only person in the whole world who hated it at first because I thought, well, why has he got white stripes and but they're not white, they're gold. Um, but I haven't, I haven't bought the, the away one yet, but I probably will. I'm not paying seventy pounds for the special one though. See, the thing is, I'm. <laughs> That's a bit of an investment, though, isn't it? I don't yeah. know if they've already sold out. You know, it I looks nice. Yeah. Though. That version yeah. kit does look it do, nice. It does. I, I don't like the home kit, but you know, it's it's each their own. It's it's subjective, isn't it? I, and I like the away, but um, I must admit that frozen kit looked really smart. Mm. Um, so yeah, I like the away one. I'm a bit indifferent towards the home one. Yeah, these kids are annoying me now. I'm gonna. Okay. Cl- <laughs> I'm not gonna close it fully because it's hot. But I'm just gonna. Just throw something at them, don't <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Recording a podcast here. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I love the away kit. I'm still, mm. uh, still undecided on the home kit. There's been no news of a third kit because there were certainly rumours of that. The only rumours I think we can have a green kit for the Europa because I think the lettering, the numbering's different. Uh, but yeah, unless they pull out a surprise, that'd be exciting. Well, there, there has mm. to be because Watford's yeah. is yellow and black halves this season. Yes, so someone did say that. Absolutely, yeah. has to be a third uh, yeah. kit. 
I don't okay. know, half and half kit, you know, the mixture up kit. <laughs> we can't wear black or gold against them, though. That's the point. I'll figure, figure out. Just wear the goalkeeper kit. Cut some <laughs> short arms on yeah. it. The red one. Do reversing. Put the home kit on, Patricio. And put the away the goalkeeper <laughs> kit on. Yeah, he could, he could wear the green the green home girl kit. See? They used to do this in Italy years ago, where the, the third kit was actually a goalie kit. See, See we could do yeah. a whole podcast with Stu on kits, believe <laughs> me. <laughs> He's uh, the kit aficionado. <laughs> uh, right, I think he was on. Uh, I've got Dan here, prices on kits. Was that your other point you wanted to uh, make? We, we, was this a yay or nay? Yeah, uh, see, the thing is, uh, these are kind of interlinked with, with sort of ticket prices and prices of kit. The, the the argument a lot of people will say about the kit being 50 quid or the Fosen at 70 um, is we don't have to buy it. But for me, my personal opinion is, okay, that's fine. But say, you know, you're a family, you're struggling, and your kid comes home and says, oh, can you get me the new kit? My mate's got the new kit. You can't go, you know, you don't have to buy it. <laughs> you, do, do you know what I mean? So that argument to me doesn't doesn't stack up. So for, for me on, on the kit, you know, everyone will say, well, you're at this level, this is the going rate, this is where we've got to compete. But with all due respect, you can go on the Adidas website, get that template of that honeycomb kit for probably 20 quid. So they're making a fair deal amount of money. I think we're doing all right. Um, but I know we're in line. I know walls are no different. But it's probably just a personal thing to say, yeah, OK, you don't have to buy the kit. Nobody's forcing you to. But when money's tight for people and they've got a decision to make, um, I think, you know, when I, I see the price of kits and tickets, there's a little bit of me who thinks, well, actually... It's moving away and from making it accessible for people who uh, who are struggling. So that's just my personal viewpoint. Uh, Rise two cents. <laughs> so there we go. Um, ticket prices. I think Europa, Europa League games at home, fifteen quid. They're really well that's priced. Bad, yeah. yeah, it was. I think it was just the the match day tickets like forty six quid. Uh, which is a lot of money. But that is only in the Billy Wright, and it's probably about yeah, two thousand yeah. that's actually yeah. left. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think I don't know. It's. It, maybe it'll change when the the ground develops because I get the point that it's supply and demand, isn't it? Ultimately, yeah. we've got mm. we've got a waiting list, so yeah. people will pay the rate. And obviously, to be successful as a business, which ultimately it is, I'm not naive to that. Hey, you've got to run. It's supply and demand, and you can argue with the football that we're watching, and that's the going rate. Get all that completely. But I, I would just like to think that there may be a certain percentage of tickets that may be geared towards the families who are local in the area and perhaps can't afford it uh, and, and need a little bit of support. So, you know, like we had the family for football days. I don't think that will happen in the current climate because percentage of tickets to sales but maybe if there's an expansion then I would like to think those sort of tickets would be available to make it a little bit more on all inclusive if that yeah. makes sense mm. there's no way you're gonna yeah. you're gonna fill 46,000 with prices like that you are no, gonna, you are gonna no, need no. S- no. sensible prices mm. then but again what they're gonna do is <laughs> supply and demand it and mm. with what it is now it's either well you pay up or shut up yeah, and yeah, they've yeah. got us over a barrel, and yeah. no one's going to moan while we're seventh in the league, winning the Premier League Asia Trophy. So, <laughs> and and I think that's the thing because I was, you know, I won't labour the point because I know we've got a lot to discuss. But I was thinking about it today with like the Bundesliga because that's kind of always known as ticket prices. I mean, I've been to a few games of Bundesliga, went this year, and I think I paid seventeen quid for to watch a, a game. However, these stadiums are, as Stu says, sixty, seventy thousand. They're old Olympic stadiums, so you can you can do that. All this terracing and so forth. So. There's more scope, but um, I just think it's something hopefully the club don't lose sight of. I mean, it is. 
the same price as it was 10 years ago as well when we were in yeah. the Premier League last time yeah. under Big Jez. Yeah. Uh, so. more, more quick fire questions here. Uh, rail seat in the South Bank and some of the North Bank as well. Yay or now? I think it's all yay on that one. Looking forward to it. Yeah. It's a bit of a pain standing in the South Bank as I do anyway. So <laughs> at least now the prick behind me who always falls over when we score, <laughs> he's going to smash into the, the rail rather than me. Is yours done now though? I, I believe so, yeah. Fucking better, vegan. And some other points as well. Jimenez winning the Gold Cup with Mexico. Did really well from the tourney, from what I see. Well done, Player Jimenez. of the tournament, wasn't it? Oh, is he? I think yeah. so, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Say quarterfinals of the African Cup of Nations. I miss African Cup of Nations update from many years ago. Yeah, yeah, they've put it in the summer. Now. It, it, it wasn't very entertaining no. at all. <laughs> was it Algeria who won it in the end? Yeah, yeah. with a freak. Free deflected oh, goal from the. They had one shot on target. I heard yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, and Rafa Mir as well winning the Euro Under 21s in Spain as well. Uh, so well done. He'll be just, back. Uh, just want to mention. I, I want to go back to China briefly and just mention bloody Roddy Miranda winner's medal. <laughs> <laughs> he's been out of the side, but he's got that winner's medal. Uh, right. Let's just go into general rooms before we really kick into the Europe stuff. Um, the one that wants going around the moment, Katroni. Is it Catroni? Catroni. 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 Yeah. Uh, so, a striker, Italian striker from AC Milan. That's the one that's doing the rounds in a minute. Um, round the table, firstly. Roy, honestly, had you heard of him? No. Andy, Andy had you heard of him? No. Stu? Heard the name, but never seen him play. Okay, there we go. Neither did I. Let's no. all be honest. <laughs> yeah. uh, from the YouTube videos, he looks good. <laughs> he was in 4-4-2s... <laughs> one to watch a couple of years ago that's the only reason I know who he is the stats say he didn't have a good year last year was it yeah. because oh, he didn't play that much is yeah that he right? played second half of the season he was like a sub or something but, but the season before mm. that he, he apparently scored yeah. a well that, that was the year, the preview to the year that he actually played really well so but, but he seems more of a boxer box striker which is different to Jimenez you could argue maybe we need similar, someone similar to Jimenez to keep that style of play we need, we need someone to compete. I mean, yeah. and, and I think it's interesting. I think around this time last year, um, if you remember, Jimenez was had a little bit of a lukewarm welcome. I, certainly online, you know, people looked at his record and gone, "Oh, is he really what we need?" And we look at the season he's had. So, mm. yeah, he was I like mean, a one in four, one in five yeah, striker absolutely. when we signed him. Wasn't yeah. He? yeah, and I think yeah. the way we play, I think we, you know, we've, we've Joshua as well. You know, we're hoping to have a big season. We just need some support, and that, yeah, granted, I've not seen the lad play. But that calibre and, you know, the type of club, uh, you know, that he's at, you would expect that he's going to strengthen um, and challenge him. Because he, he does need some support. Yeah. And the striker's always been an issue for us for years, isn't it? Mm. Buying a strike and keeping them on there. Jimenez has really been the one key striker, maybe since Dicko, maybe? Or a phobie. Well, no, it would be mm. a phobie, really. Well, but phobie didn't really stick around long enough. We it was that stat on Talksport a few weeks ago that we haven't scored had a twenty goal a season goal scorer since Ebanks Blake in the, the championship. So it's been that long ago. And but, but yeah. I mean Jimenez played more games last season the last the two before that combined minutes on the pitch Incredible. compared to in Benfica. So <laughs> he can't do the same again. No. But plus local burnout. He's back and forth to Mexico and what have you as well. So yeah. He definitely needs support. And the other rumour has been Ruben De Silva from Benfica, considered to be the best young centre-back in Europe. Again, everybody was freaking out on Twitter. Um, Stu, to you first, how do you heard of Ruben De Silva? At his proper name. Is it Ruben Diaz? Yeah. Why have we put De Silva on here? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm literally like Anchorman. If you write something on here, I will read it out. <laughs> there probably it. is a Ruben De Silva. No. Uh, Ruben Diaz, there we go. Stu, how do you heard of Ruben Diaz? Well, yeah, because he played in the, he played in the Nations League. For Portugal, it was superb. The Nations League. <laughs> um, 
Andy, had you heard of him? Yes, I had heard of him. Right, right, right. I'll be honest, no, I wasn't. Um, no. Yeah, me neither. No, yeah. No. You should watch proper football. <laughs> no, yeah. I wasn't a massive fan of the Nations League. Look, if it's not outside, <laughs> the, if not outside the WV post going, no, no. He's one of these players who has been linked with City and United and all the big clubs over yeah. the last couple of years. Now, again, this one's gone quiet, but let's 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 just say it, we could get him. Would we? I'm presuming we'd be. All happy <laughs> I with think that. I know you're going with Costa. Are you? No, no. Say if, I say if we got him, I presume we'd all be happy yes. with it. Oh, well, I thought you were going to move on to another target. No, 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 sorry, no, no. sorry, sorry. We could talk about yeah, Diego Costa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. But no, again, young young centre half, and and I'll bow to the knowledge of these guys to my right and what I've heard since we've been linked to him that he's pretty hot properties and he's so yeah, absolutely. he would be an unreal signing. Well, he, he won Young Player of the Year in his first year, mm. <laughs> so I can't see it happening. Not in a million years, nah. but. It would be a ridiculous. Yeah, but that's I know. But then I suppose uh, you can carry that with yeah, with Neves and yeah. whoever, and you know, you know, youngest, you know, Champions League captain and so forth. Um, who knows? But I think I think for me, uh, those are the two key positions. Um, I think most people recognise striker and, and centre half. So when you when you yeah. linked with these players rather than Mike Williamson, then yeah. <laughs> he did do a bad job on loan there, Mike Williamson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We were happy. We were <laughs> happy. Know, we were happy with Mike Williamson yes, on loan we when we kept a clean sheet away at Birmingham, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Sign him up. That. Yeah. Yeah. Sign him up, Frank C. Mm. <laughs> oh, good times. Now we're actually going to get into Europe, gentlemen. After all that, oh. uh, I'm really, and there's been a lot of worry. Just before we get into that, a lot of worry about signings, and we haven't bought anyone as in properly yet. We're excluding Jimenez and Dedonka transfers on this one, but I would think now this week from this week. I mean, I'd be gobsmacked if wasn't but bring anybody in. We'll, get, we'll bring in three players and it'll be all fine. Yeah. So that's that's all we need. We only need a squad of twenty, which is what Nuno wants. And then you got all the, the super kids anyway. So that's what we'll yeah. go. We ain't getting yeah. having thirty man squads because that's all silly. No, no one yeah. wants that. It's not Barry Fry, Peterborough, or, or Birmingham <laughs> City in the nineties. But it's true. he says he likes working with a small squad. And I know you can throw in the Europa games, but. Again, as, as the point was made there, the early rounds, with all due respect, and we're going to Crusaders in a moment, um, that level of opposition, our young kids should be able to compete. So, yeah, there's a bit of concern. Cav and Costa have gone amazing. I'm sure we'll all agree that they did a good job for us. Costa less so in the, the last 12 months, perhaps, but certainly the start of his um, time with Wolves. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think a few signings will be absolutely fine. And there's no difference mm. as well. The majority of this squad played... Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday in the championship where they got kicked mm. to pieces. Mm. So what's the? I don't know. There's the travelling, but what's the real difference playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday? It's exactly the same. So uh, yeah. it's not like they're not used to this kind of schedule. So I don't. Think it's not a massive real problem for me. But don't you hear it like Andy, like about Burnley and people say like yeah, Burnley oh, is shit know. though. I know, and this is <laughs> this is what people will throw at you, won't they, and say, "Oh no, you're in the Europa League," you know. Is that a poison well, so I don't, I don't yeah. agree well, with it, but, really, you know. There's some yeah. really good points there, and we're going to now get into the Europe bits, because I'm going to mm. leave our first interviewee to answer those points, right? Okay. Because uh, he does cover that and more <laughs> on Wolves. Uh, Andy Brussel, as I said, he's a European football journalist for The Guardian. You might also have heard him on the On The Continent podcast. And we're a big fan of this podcast as well, by the way, gentlemen, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Uh, so if, you, if you're looking for Europe show, anything to find out about what's going on in football in Europe, we really highly recommend you check him out on the continent on your usual podcast places. But I had a chat with Andy last week to talk to him about how Wolves are perceived in Europe. Nuno with Portugal. Not the Portugal job, don't get worried. 
by the way, just how he's perceived in <laughs> Portugal and how the reality is like of playing Europa League football. Here's what he had to say. It's been probably an incredible two years for Wolves, obviously. Last 12 months, seventh in the Premier League, qualification for Europa now. Um, but I think what a lot of our fans are interested about is how are Wolves perceived at the moment in Europe by the press and the fans? Are they being known more or is it the case that actually they're still quite under the radar compared to you know the established sides in the Premier League? Well, my um, perspective on this might be a, a little bit skewed because I, I, I cover a lot of Portuguese football and have done for, for, for years now. Um, but in, in in Portugal, they're they're a, they're, they're, a, they're a massive great big deal. You know, there's there's, there's no getting away from that because uh, Nuno is obviously well known and well liked. Um, there've been a lot of Portuguese players go over as well. There's the George Mendes connection, and um, they've done business and talked business a lot with. Um, Porto, of course, uh, through the Ruben Neves deal, and Benfica as well. Um, so, Wolves are almost an intrinsic part now of the Portuguese football landscape. You can't really um, separate the two. Um, I think as well, you have to bear in mind that ever since Wolves are in the Championship, people are, people are outside the UK have watched them, simply because uh, there was a lot of talk over here, of course, about how they were, you know, maybe the most attractive championship side in, in, in recent memory when when they won the title. Um, championship football is very enthusi- enthusiastically watched outside the UK. Um, having lived in France and spent extended time in Spain and Germany, I can tell you that's the case. They absolutely love championship football in France. Mm. So I think a lot of people were a little bit expectant of Wolves just like I, I guess like British people were but to uh, like a slightly lesser extent but the people who watched the championship were expecting something from Wolves yeah. when, the, when when they, they came up to, to the Premier League and I think like any new for the, for, the, for the people who were familiar with them the fact that something we, we talked about um, off air when, when we were talking before that they were able to get out such an incredibly consistent eleven from yeah. most of last season. I think that helped people get to know them as well. The sort of football they wanted to play, the fact that they showed up and played against the big teams was a big deal as well. So, I think, you know, it's, it's not it's not like people, if they didn't make the Europa League group stages, I don't think people would miss them like they missed the Manchester United or Chelsea or something like that. But on the other hand, I think if they do make it to the group stages, a lot of even more casual observers of the Premier League uh, outside the UK will, will be quite pleased and interested to see them in it. And talking about the Europa League, obviously Wolves are in the qualifying stages now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's the first time for a generation that Wolves have seen their team in Europe. I mean, for the first time with me, it's the first time I've seen Wolves in Europe. Mm-hmm. What can fans expect from playing Thursday night football I know we see it all the time with what's happening with Arsenal and, and Chelsea over the years but what is the cruel reality of, of playing those European nights and what style of play are fans should be expecting from teams not that you know the usual teams big big boys as you were you would see there what could they expect well what, what I would say is Wolves are very very well equipped for this um, because of the squad they have because of the resources they have because of the know-how they have uh, with Nuno um, knowing 
the European Games so, so well, of course, having already managed in, in, in Portugal and Spain and having experience as a player further afield. So um, I think Wolves will be very, very well equipped for this if they, they get to the groups. For me, if I was a Wolves fan, I would just want to believe that the team and the club were really committed to getting to the group stages because I think it's sometimes forgotten like what a big deal cup competitions are for fans. Yeah, you know, if, 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 if you're not out there winning the league, you know, to, 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 after you've got into Europe, and especially as you say, having been absent for, for so long, actually getting in it would, would be great. I mean, I think if you look at, say, if you go back to, what, 2011, slightly different scenario, but Stoke, when they lost the cup final against Manchester City and they went into it, now Stoke played it as if they were never going to play Europa League football again. And who knows, maybe yeah. they never Because that's what it might be for a lot of teams, is that you never know what's going to happen again. Exactly. And, you know, you, you look at the teams they got drawn against, you know, they got Bajiktas, they ended up playing a two-legger against Valencia, they played Dinamo Kiev, and they really got into it and they played it hard. And, and they came out of the group. Wolves, if they get into the group, will have a uniquely good chance of getting out of it because um, if you look, like I said, not just the experiences and the resources, but the fact that people talk about the gap between the haves and the have-nots mm. in the Champions League, that's even more pronounced in the Europa League. And we've seen that when teams like you know Chelsea, I, I don't think they, they played anyone particularly testing until they really got to the semi-finals. Mm last year so Wolves being Premier League um, being well resourced having good experience both on the pitch and on the bench if they get into the group stages they're getting into the knockout stages I feel pretty sure of that that, that, is a, that was a concern last season at, near to the end of the season when you thought actually we might do this There's some fans are saying actually I don't want to qualify because you look at team, you look, mm. it looks teams like Burnley and Stoke for and Birmingham to an extent and said well it can ruin your season but I guess what you're saying there is Wolves are probably in a better position financially and structurally to be able to go into those leagues compete, but may not necessarily affect their domestic season as much. No, I don't, I don't think it has to, and I think it's a psychological thing about playing so late in what the supporters, what for the supporters is the working week, really, because you know if, if you're playing if you're playing Thursday, uh, it means you're playing Sunday or Monday. I mean. What's the difference between being in the Champions League, playing Wednesday and, and playing yeah, Saturday? Yeah, that's true, yeah. It's, it's, it's really no difference at, at all. And like I said, you look at the depth in that Wolves squad, OK, maybe they need an extra forward or two. But on the whole, I think they're pretty well set for that. You know, they've got a strong spine, but of course they've got other players who can come in. You look at Dendonka, for example, who didn't need to be rushed into the team because they already had a, a, a pretty well-functioning eleven, And the, the fact that going all the way back to when they were in the Championship, Wolves were ahead of the curve because they had a team that was good enough to play in the Premier League before they got into the Premier League. So they didn't have to do a Fulham and go out and buy 12 players. And if they did buy players, they could drip them in more, more gradually. And that extra level of preparation, I think, really helps them for European competition as well. Do you think they might need to adapt at all when they're playing in European games? Still, no, they play like a five-three-two at the moment with the wing backs, which is Nuno's style. Yeah. But are you saying that perhaps just they they don't need to do anything; they can just keep it as it is. They may not need to refresh anything when they're playing those games, especially if they get to the group stage. 
Yeah, well, I think I think the experience of some of those guys is is, is absolutely key there. When I mean, you look at Ruben Neves, who was the, the the youngest Portuguese to score in the Champions League, the youngest player to captain a team in the Champions League from any nation. Um, so he's someone who, who has the know-how at that level. Uh, Moutinho obviously has the, the the know-how at that level. I think that gives them an enormous start from wherever and you know someone like Moutinho for example who's played at big clubs throughout his career who's played in big games throughout his career I think if you asked him one of the best moments of his career it was, was it the 2011 Europa League win with Porto and he would say yes because the feeling around that team that uh, team by um, led by Andrew Villas-Boas was, was exceptional and you know they really vibed off each other's company they played really exciting attacking football and I think as well th- that, that combination of uh, Neves and Moutinho is really important because it helps them in a situation like this as you say where you have to slightly adjust where you're not going hell for leather um, and you don't really want to leave yourself exposed by expending too much energy in the first 60-70 minutes Neves and Moutinho can help you control the pace of the game, yeah. which which is hugely important. And Moutinho as well knows that you can find a balance between that more wait-and-see style and breaking quickly, um, making transitions quickly and getting up the pitch quickly because that's exactly what that Porto side under AVB did. So they've got enough know-how in that team to to know how to, to, to work out the slightly slightly different um, method of playing. You say Neves, not Neves, because that is the yeah. thing when, well, back in Wolverhampton, you'll get half people say Neves, other people say Neves, but I presume it, it is Neves. Yeah, it, yeah. it is, but I, I think he's just, he's always really liked it there, he's always been really happy there. I don't think he's one of those guys <laughs> he's who's not bothered. start throwing his toys out of the crowd <laughs> about it, no. Um, I want to ask you about Nuno, how is he? I'm presuming he's probably perceived well in Portugal. Um, I know he had a, probably a mixed time at Valencia, maybe oh. so a bit uh, at Porto as well. But how is he perceived back in his homeland? Really well. I mean, I think we can we can see the, the fact that he made a good impression. Obviously, because he spoke excellent English and he's very personable when he, when he first got here. But because of his relationship with George Mench, the perception has always been that he's got his jobs because of who his mate is, be that at Rio Ave, be that at Valencia, and be that at Wolves. So really, he's had to work probably twice as hard as anyone else in the same position to prove that he actually deserves to be there. And he did that at Valencia. I mean, the wheels fell off in the end, but you know that wasn't totally his fault. Yeah, was there stuff behind the scenes more with that one? Yeah, and, and like the first season there was absolutely faultless really faultless so and the job he did at Rio Ave as well was, was absolutely tremendous this is someone who's pre- proved himself to be an excellent coach in varying conditions in varying situations and he's someone who I think people almost had a feeling would be a coach a long time before he, he was a coach because you look at his playing career there's not that many games in his playing career given how long he was in the professional game and he was someone who was often a backup goalkeeper um, and who was thought of as a bit of a leader in the dressing room a bit of a dad a bit of a sounding board for some of the other players someone who really helped with the equilibrium in the championship room and 
because he had a bit of a widescreen view of it because he was on the bench so much he was almost like formulating his plan before it was happening and he was oh, so okay. important in the way that um, his his teams ran in, in the way that his teams had harmony and success off the pitch I mean you know you look at the, the amount of games he played for Porto he was never first choice there but he's considered to be very very important so the, the leap towards him being uber teammate and coach it, it's not really that big a leap who do you think out of the current Wolves crop at the moment who do you think could actually thrive in Europe I mean, you know, we've got people like Matinho and Neves, you say, who will do well, but is there anybody else you think actually in that setting they could do really well? Well, talking of the view in Portugal, I mean, uh, Jota is... uh, He's had an incredible six months, hasn't he, really, since since Christmas? Yeah, he has. And I I don't think anyone, certainly back home in Portugal, expected him to come on quite as far as he has quite this quickly. Um, So, I mean... Atletico Madrid like really never showed any intention of using him. So at that point, you know, I, to a lot of players, I think that would be quite a, a knock to their confidence. If it was to his, it didn't show because he just knuckled down at a lower level, got on with it, and and just proved himself. And to to battle his way into the Portuguese national setup from there is is, is very impressive. Um, the other player, really, I, I would. Earmark as, as, as someone who I, I think could be a, a really big hit in European competition would probably be Adal uh, Jimenez because for for me there's there's never any doubt about how explosive he is but I think again if you look at how he's used at Benfica and how he was used last season. I mean, I kept expecting him to fall off physically at some point. You almost expect that with players when they arrive in the Premier League anyway, especially from yeah, Portugal, because yeah. the difference in physicality is is, is so great. Mm. And if you look at the amount of minutes he played last season in the Premier League, it's more than he played in the last two seasons at Benfica combined, mm. because they have a lot of great attacking players, uh, they could use him as a sort of pinch hitter. And because Wolves were maybe a forward or two short, Jimenez played a lot more games than I'm sure he expected yeah. at the start of the season but he managed to keep going that's probably what he was used to as well because he was on the bench he's usually a bench player you say at Benfica yeah ex- ex- exactly so to, to have to play that much and to re- really keep giving as much as he did in every game even when he wasn't scoring I think he did an absolutely great job running the channels so I think that, that season last season will stand him in really good stead I think it shows that that potential is, is, is something that's being realised, the potential that people have talked about for a very, very long time. Um, people do genuinely, I think, look at him now and think, yeah, he can become a, a, a top-class striker. But I think when you're looking to break quickly in Europe, and especially with the the ability of Neves and Moutinho to, to go through the gears, to, to switch the game up quickly, his pace is, is absolutely integral to, to taking advantage of that and you know maximising their chances, really. And finally, how far do you think Wolves can go? Obviously, they've got the qualification rounds which they need to get through, which is you know, six games anyway. Yeah. And if they get past that to the group stage, given maybe getting some signings in, how far do you think they could go? Or is it just, can, it, it can be anything in a first time round? Uh, they it can, but like I said to you before, I, I think if they get through to the groups, they'll, they'll definitely come out of it. Um, 
because I just think the setup is is so well organised. Um, I think uh, they'll always have had an eye on European competition since the very beginning, since they're in the Championship. This is something they're aiming for. Eventually, they'll be aiming for the Champions League, of course. And you know that's an underrated aspect of the the Europa League: the fact that this is. Um, it's, it's, it's a junior Champions League and it's, it's something where you get used to groups and then knockouts and people say oh you play forever in the Europa League etc etc um, there's only one extra round so really it's a, it's a similar sort of sort of workload and I think Wolves will be using this as, as a template for the future and they need to be using it as a template for the future um, I think if they get into the group stages I would be surprised to see them in the quarterfinals at all Oh wow! Okay, so that far then potentially. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's I think it's realistic. Obviously, a lot depends on uh, the sort of squad that they they end up with. I think a lot depends on how well Nuno can rotate, how effectively he can rotate, because um, clearly they're going to get a little dip in about November. Because and, and with that in mind, they probably want to get most of their points in the first half of the group stages if they're in there, yeah. because. Um, you know, you look at teams like West Ham, for example, who've, who've come in at a very early stage before. It's tiring. You know, there's, there's there's no two ways about it. You start pre-season training in June. You don't get that much of a break. And I, I guess that's the thing. At, at, at this point, European football seems more like punishment probably to yeah. the players than, than, yeah. than a reward. But um, if they can get through that little dip, if, they, if Nuno can manage the players right, and I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be able to. I think I, I think last 16, last eight is very realistic. And now the business update. After a difficult year, experts are optimistic a recovery is imminent with key indicators improving. And yet men everywhere continue to dress as if they just rolled out of bed. The economy is ready to bounce back. Are you? At Charles Tirrett, we have the high-quality shirts and smart menswear to get you back to your best. Try our introductory offer with three shirts for only $99, delivered free. Use code POD99 at ctshirts.com or any Charles Tirrett store. Big thanks to Andy for taking the time out to speak to us. Uh, but it was interesting there, gentlemen, Andy mm. thinking quarterfinals of the Europa League I got giddy when I heard him say that <laughs> it's brilliant I mean I mean, it was more so just because of someone of his stature knowing how <laughs> his knowledge of Portugal football um, it's really quite good to hear that he thinks we might get that far well exactly and he said the same thing as well the, the, the difference between Champions League Wednesday Saturday is now different to Thursday Sunday which is what I was saying earlier on there's no difference to that so the Europa League is not yeah, what, what do you call it the um the pre the the like a preparation tournament for the Champions League yeah. or something like that. So it kind of is going we win this and we're in the Champions League next year anyway, boys. So <laughs> right, we're going to talk about Europe. This is the reason for the show. We're talking about Europe and gents. We're back in Europe, but first time in a a generation. Obviously, I've not seen us ever or talked to us ever being in Europe, and it would be for a lot of people from our age, a bit older, a bit younger as well. I mean, Thursday will be, it will all hit hole and home on Thursday. I mean, we'll watch the game at home to Crusaders. But how excited are you all about playing Europe? I, I feel like Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know how I'm going to get through this week. I, I, 
was, when I was the uh, spoilers when I was listening, pre-listening to the uh, Andy interview. Don't earlier. spoil it for anyone. And um, <laughs> I was I was there at work thinking I can't wait till Thursday. I, I really can't. I'm, I'm so excited. He looks uh, so giddy, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He does. I wish, I wish people could actually get this over the. Uh, uh, your earphones as you're listening it's now. Just opened, yeah, he's, 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 he's just opened a Ghostbusters tower where you put the slime <laughs> at the top. Oh, that was horrible, actually. It, once you did it once, it all got yep. congealed on yes. the top, and then you go, Mom, and you get the, um, the little nail exactly. file out, and then you walk. walk you, I, I you once, had it as well, didn't Yeah, you? of course I did. Yeah. I once <laughs> left the slime and then went for like dinner or whatever, came back, and I'd left it in the sun, and the slime oh. had just congealed through the middle I think we all experienced this band I had that one for Christmas as well yeah but yeah just I think my dad had bought me loads of slime and then after the first one I was like right what do we do here so the Ghostbusters yeah not the Ghostbusters the uh, Terminator 2 one as well with the endoskeleton you remember that that one yes for an 18 rated film you had toys for (laughs) toys for it yeah and you 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 put the um, put the T-800 in the the thing and you press the mould and the skin formed over the body of the plastic I, I always thought the same with Ace Ventura I remember watching it live and kicking they used to have kids coming doing impressions to win a, a chance to win some toys or something if you watch that film back it's not a kids film is it it is not a kids film anyway so Wolves back in Europe we're in the second qualifying round of the Europa League if we win the go through these two legs we go to the third round which is two legs again then after that there's a playoff <laughs> round of two legs and if we get through that we're in the group stage Europa League Roy, on a scale of 1 to 10, excitement of Europe? I'd, I'd say not at Stu's level quite yet, <laughs> <clears throat> but no, working my way up to it. No, I'd, I'd say a good 9. I think it is crazy. I mean, certainly, yeah, myself, never seen them competitively in Europe. I remember the Anglo-Italian Cup. Um, and Charleroi. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and Charleroi, which was a pre-season uh, friendly to remember. So, yeah, um, I certainly watched them in Europe, but God, I mean, it is it is crazy. Um, so yeah, really excited. Probably not there yet, but I think once the games start coming in, um, then then absolutely. Yeah. Would you see those Europa League banners at the ground? Yeah, that that's, like that'll that. be a big thing. Is yeah. there Europa League music? We know there is. So I've done this before. Did this the end of last season? Sorry, Stu. I was sitting there, you don't even pay attention. Do you? I just you're not listening <laughs> to me anymore. <laughs> once I do a podcast, I just to raise it from my head. It's out. Done and it's, gone. Yeah. it's very similar to the uh, Nations League. Can, okay, Good, very, give me an example. There's no actual song there. Oh, do we have to put our own words to it? Then is that? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, very, that's, oh, hello. That's, that's, that's ominous, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It is. It's, it's very uh, Dracula-esque. <laughs> um, when you were going to Armenia, it's very <laughs> yeah, that'll be fitting. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just weird having this conversation, isn't it? it really, is well, you know, we've, we all, all of us sitting around the table have been doing this pod for some time now, and it's just. Crazy to even <laughs> think about it, really. So, yeah, it's just mad. I don't kind of feel like we're there yet, but we obviously are. I, so. you, I don't know whether because we're playing a, with all the great respect for Crusaders, because mm. we're playing a team in Ireland and it's not somewhere in Eastern Europe yeah. potentially yet. Whether it hasn't reached peak levels with some people, but it, it probably still feels, if I'm being honest, probably like a pre-season friendly yeah. um, for me, and that's probably as you're kind of alluring to there akin to the, the team and, and the location but as soon as we start well all being well obviously you know um, if we get through then if we see some serious names in there then that will you imagine just imagine we get knocked out already oh, no. <laughs> all this build up we were like this with the Checker Trade Trophy if you remember <laughs> yeah. that was on the cup <laughs> um, well if Wolves do get through the two legs against Crusades we'll either take on hmm? FC Pajinic or FK Jablonek 
Oh. Or maybe Yablonex, uh, 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 maybe. I think that's the correct pronunciation there. Uh, but uh, Poynek from uh, Armenia. Poynek. <laughs> Poynek. Yablonek. He's from Czech Republic, gentlemen. We're all looking forward to booking our tickets for that, aren't we? Potentially. 28 air bullet trains of Armenia. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we've got to get through the rounds first. We've got to get through yeah. Crusaders. Um, and we're just going to have a quick chat. I say quick chat. A 20 minute chat. Uh, with Thomas McCabe, he's a Crusaders fan. We spoke to him last week, and he gave us all the lowdown on Crusaders FC. Not many fans of our side would know who Crusaders FC were, especially when the draw was made. Describe Crusaders FC if you can in a sentence. Oh, the sentence uh, that'll be pretty, pretty reasonably challenging. I must say, Crusaders are. Uh, a um, uh, semi-professional football team from um, North Belfast um, and I think as we'll go on to discuss uh, this tie with uh, Wills is uh, pretty big for us yeah. uh, maybe not on the field but certainly from a financial point of view it will um, you know it'll, it'll keep us going for, for for the years ahead and allow us to keep competing at the top of uh, Irish League football can you give me a brief history of, of Crusaders, kind of what what you're about in a sense, where you where you all started, and kind of recent history of what's been going on. Yeah, so it's been. I think it's probably fair to say it's been a turbulent, uh, a turbulent couple of decades for Crusaders. Um, so we were initially founded back in 1898 and only really became um, a senior club within the within the Northern Irish League in. Oh, must have been not a great man for history, but certainly around, certainly just after the Second World War, really, where interestingly we um, we replaced Belfast Celtic within the the, the Irish League structure. Um, we were always sort of, you know, almost sort of the third or fourth team within Belfast, um, and we really fell on hard times. Approximately, it must have been about fifteen years ago, we were we were um, relegated from the top flight. In um, in the the Northern Irish League, and actually nearly pretty much went out of business. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so it was around that time that our present manager Stephen Baxter uh, took over, and he uh, really, along with a, a really proactive um, kind of team behind the scenes um, committee, really rejuvenated the rejuvenated the club, um, and we really have built from that since um, winning various cups and then eventually winning the league two years in the row. Um, we've taken a little bit of a dip over the past 12 months or so, but um, within sort of Irish league circles, we're, we're, we're now, you know, thought of as the, you know, within the, the top couple of clubs, both on the pitch and off the pitch. So it's been quite a roundabout way, but you have, in a sense, gone back to where you originally were. Yeah, that's probably that's probably fair to say. Um, I think if you, you know, I think traditionally, probably some of your fans have probably heard of teams such as uh, Linfield and Glentoran, who yep, would yep. traditionally be the traditionally be the biggest clubs within Belfast. Uh, Glentoran have really fallen away recently. Um, Linfield um, are the sort of the, the big club within Belfast, traditionally the biggest supporter base. Um, and they won the league last year, um, but sort of Crusaders or w- would um, would be up, you know, alongside them in terms of, of of competing for the league over the past five or six years. When I was doing some research about Crusaders, obviously as a lot of fans yeah. were doing, the one thing that came up 
which intrigued me was this idea of the Steeling Suns Cup, which is played yeah. on Christmas Day of all days. Yeah, the Steeling Suns Cup is. Uh, I think we. I think it must have been the year after we were relegated. That was whatever two thousand and four, two thousand five. We won it, but it's sort of a a junior a junior cup um, for the you know the sort of the teams below the the top flight in Northern Ireland who play the cup final on a on, on Christmas morning. It's always played at Crusaders at our ground, um, and usually gets you know a big a full house really uh, for people to start off their. Christmas celebrations, but uh, yeah, it's a it's an interesting concept, the Steel Suns Cup, but uh, very much uh, very amateur, um, very amateur cup, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty unique way to start off your your Christmas. I was going to say, yeah, I presume the players who compete in it are still happy to get up on Christmas morning and and do that. Yeah, 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 they do. Yeah, I remember back when yeah the, the year we won, I can't remember the team would beat. Uh, maybe Dundell or some some te- some real small team from Belfast, but uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty well attended and um, is uh, a bit of a tradition within um, Belfast amateur footballing circles here. Uh, so the first qualifying round uh, in the Europa League had B thirty six. You won the first leg two nil at home, and then you won three two away five two yeah. How would you? It's obviously on paper. It seems it seemed like a. A comfortable way to go through but what was from your point of view what was the reality was that the case or was it a bit more to the tail yeah I was I was very confident going in going into the game despite us not being that good over the past year so I think we'll go on and talk uh, a little bit later but I was confident but a little bit worried about, about how I would manage to get on on the away leg and stuff I mean we've taken some real hidings from albeit much better um, opposition over uh, the past few years. But the first leg was at home. Um, you know, our pitch suits our style of play well. Um, we missed. We got a penalty within the first thing, the first couple of minutes. Uh, unfortunately, our centre-forward, Jordan Owens, missed. Or, well, the keeper made a good save, to be fair. Um, but we created lots of chances. Yeah. Torshavn hit, hit the bar from a free kick just outside the box. But other than that, they didn't really bother us too much. And like I said, we missed a hat full of chances. Uh, we got the all-important second goal. Uh, must have been around the 60 or 70 minute mark. Um, but I think, you know, from seeing the game, I think we should have won more than the, the, the 2-0. The away game, just on Thursday night past, um, was... was yeah, I think it was comfortable. I think we were playing on the break a little bit. Again, we got um, a relatively early goal um, from you, you were a pass up, back. Yeah. You were two 0 up, weren't you? At, at one point. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so after the first leg at home, we were two 0 up, um, and that and the second game we won three two. But I mean, uh, you, again, you were two 0 up in that game, weren't you? At one point, was that right? Uh, from the, the second leg, yeah. yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, again, got an early goal from um, the keeper. He didn't lift the ball. It was basically a pass back, and the keeper got got stuck and essentially uh, turned the ball around the post. He didn't actually lift it, um, oh, okay. but uh, we, we got an indirect free kick about five yards out, and uh, our midfielder Jordan Forsyth just blasted it into the top of the net. So that was uh, the early goal that, that we really needed. Um, One of the rare beauties of football: indirect free kick. Yeah, I haven't, seen it, I haven't seen it for years and years. Um, 
So it was, uh, that, that was a really good start. They came into it a little bit, had a few chances. Uh, our goalkeeper made a few saves, but um, in the second half, we I thought we actually passed it really well the second half, and it, it's probably suited us a little bit playing on the break. Um, and Paul Heatley got a lot, a lot of room. He's our, he's our left winger and um, scored a couple of goals in the second half. Or no, sorry, scored one towards the end of the first half and then scored again in the second half, which effectively put the tie to bed, really. And then obviously now we've got the the second qualifying round with ourselves with Wolves. I'm going to be presumptuous to say this and shoot me down yep. if I'm wrong, but is is could is it the big one of the big one of the biggest or not the biggest game in your history? Yeah, uh, certainly in in European football. Uh, I suppose if you're asking our biggest game domestically, it was probably you know when we we were sort of coming out of. Um, that horrific time uh, and we played our North Belfast rivals Cliftonville in an Irish Cup final and beat them um, so that was that's domestically for me our, our biggest sort of success our biggest match European wise I suppose we have had big teams coming to Belfast so, so we've qualified for Europe relatively regularly over the past 10 years we have had big teams um, come to come to see you know Copenhagen um, we played recently we played Ludogorets last year um, and we also played Fulham um, who uh, I think they had, they had qualified through the fair play um, so the, the, default, the default way basically yeah yeah. The, the, so we had a, I suppose that really was you know our big big matches um, of recent so I think Wolves probably Trump that to be honest, and, and I think with the, the sort of rejuvenation that, that Wolves have had recently, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking back to when we when we were uh, played in the European Cup in the in the late seventies. We did have we, we did draw the, the great Liverpool team then, um, so maybe that slightly uh, trumps uh, Wolves. But um, yeah, this is this is a, a massive massive game for us really. I presume you're coming to the game. Are you in Wolverhampton? Yep, yep. This week? Um, book, booked up. Yeah, I got, I, I got, I booked up uh, before the Torshavn game. So uh, has, has that been a place in the world that you've thought one day oh, I'd love to come to Wolverhampton? Um, it certainly wasn't necessarily <laughs> on, 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 on my list. I've, I've always really admired Wills, um, especially the stadium, Molyneux. I mean, it's um, it, you know we always all see it on TV and stuff, so it's. Um, it, it seems a great spot. So uh, no, we're 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 looking forward to our trip over. Um, tickets only are, are, are being released for the way leg tonight and uh, tomorrow night. Uh, so um, uh, my dad's going to have to go down and get get the tickets sorted out for me. Uh, uh, tell us about some of the key players then that Wolfman should look out for from Crusaders. Who perhaps will be the difficult ones for us so, and, and yeah. people to watch out for. Yeah, so over, overall, really, we haven't invested that well, and despite being, um, despite having probably been in, in a relatively stable and good um, financial sense, and our last few window or transfer windows have been really relatively poor. So, I mean, the team that we have has been, I think, pretty stable over over the past couple of seasons, and you know, I personally think it's you know, is in dire need of being freshened up a little bit. So we'll probably play a, a four five one. Our our captain and goalkeeper is Sean O'Neill, um, who um 
to say the least, is, uh, is absolutely wild. Uh, right, okay. Very, okay. Very, very typical keeper and, you know, the, the big character within the squad. He's going to do a scorpion kick, is that, is that what you mean? Uh, <laughs> not quite that, okay. not quite that. Uh, but he will certainly, you'll see, you know, as soon as you, you'll see him on the pitch, you'll see what he's like because he's constantly berating his back four. Uh, so he's our captain and he had quite a serious injury a couple of years ago. He popped his shoulder out. So he's only really getting back into the team and getting back onto form um, really within the, well, obviously this pre-season and, and towards the end of last season. So he's our captain. We'll almost certainly play it back for um, one of our new signings called Chris Haggerty, um, who actually scored the header against in the first leg against Torshavn. He's one of our, uh, I think he's going to be a big player for us. Um so it'll be a back four. I think we'll probably crowd the midfield. We'll probably play five in midfield. A couple of good midfielders. Declan Cadell, who's actually just had his testimonial um, a couple of weeks ago in Rangers, um, came over to play us. Well, the Rangers youth team came over to play us. He's been with us really since the start of the rejuvenation. Uh, he's a particular particular favourite of mine. He's... Um, I think, he'll be, I think he'll probably see it more in the second leg when it's a smaller pitch at, at CV and stuff, but he's pretty uh, full of energy and certainly isn't afraid to, to, to leave the boot. And the guy I mentioned earlier on um, plays sort of, he'll now play off the striker, possibly play on the left wing, Paul Heatley. Again, he's a guy who actually had a bit of a dip uh, in form really over the last season, but overall, I mean, he scored lots and lots of goals for us. It's very quick. Um, and uh, is a really important player for us. He's quite small, so I mean, when you do when you do think of the fitness levels and the sort of levels of physicality that you do that we do get when we're playing this sort of high calorie opposition, you know, we can disappear a little bit. But um, if we get him in a little bit of space, he could cause the defenders some problems. And we've got the. Uh, stereotypical big man up front oh, uh, or lead, leading goal scorer Jordan Owens uh, who will put himself about uh, and be uh, I think I'm being generous when I say he, he's pretty awkward um, <laughs> but he'll uh, he, he's a t- the big big target man up front uh, who we rely the way we play I mean we're we're quite a direct team um, and we rely on him quite a lot to, to, to get us up the field Is there anybody so th- those are main men is there anybody from Wolves that you are particularly maybe worried about or just in general looking forward to seeing play in general? I think, yeah, I suppose the whole the whole concept of playing, you know, a Premier League team is, you know, this is this is really incredible incredible for us, you know, I think. So, you know, up until the past, you know, the past year or so, we have, you know, been a fairly probably fair to say you know an amateur team we do um, you know from training two nights a week so we've went to this concept of three quarters time professional um, which effectively means um, you know we train four to five times a week Um, and I think you know you know if I'm being honest here I think you'll probably see that on the pitch um, in terms of you know, if we get out of Molyneux not taking an absolute hiding and, you know, if we win a corner, um, I think all our fans will be will be pretty happy, <laughs> to be honest. Is that, I mean, is, uh, that, is that is expectation in a sense that loans, is it just a case of, for you from your point of view, turn up and hope for the best in, in a certain way? 
Yeah, a little bit. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Like you know, I, you know, I think we all sort of have debates about the standard of of, of Irish league teams and, and and where we are. And you know, I think we've got a little bit of an insight into that when we play. You know, so we've played in the the Iron Brew Challenge Cup, which is you know against the sort of you know the Division One and Division Two Scottish teams. Yeah. Um, and we have had a, a bit of success in that. You know, we have got through a few rounds, but. You know, for example, we went up and played Queen of the South either it was either last season or the year before, and you know we're we're four nil down within uh, within about thirty minutes well, or something like that. And you know we played Inverness, Caledonian Thistle, um, and although we actually technically in that game we, we dominated tacti- tactically, we were absolutely all over the place. And again, we're three nil down within. Uh, we should have won that game, but we're you know we're three nil down within. Um, you know, again, half an hour or something like that. With regards to actual Wolves players, um, I suppose Connor Cody is is the guy who you know I, I suppose is covered in the press so much. And uh, who's the who's the uh, there's a Mexican forward in that, isn't there? Raul Raul Jimenez. Yeah, you kind of you hear about him quite a lot, yeah. but we'll, we'll see how he uh, we'll see how he deals with our robust. Robust style of well, it's, it's like it, it's like he well he won't be there playing for that game because he's just I think he's still off um, from the yeah. Gold Cup win with Mexico. Uh, yeah. So you might get somebody like Diego Jota up front. Um, yeah. Like you know, it depends what team he plays. Really, you might get Jan Martino in the middle as well. Ruben Neves. Yeah. These type of players. So, so your hopes for the game then, personally, is it is it just like? A, I don't. I feel bad saying, like I've said before, that the impression I get is it's just turn up and hope for the best. But you would think that if you can get an away goal, at least going yeah. to the second leg at yours, there would be some hope. Or is it just the case of turn up and have a good I time? I think um, it's, I'm pretty. I'm pretty uh, pessimistic generally, but I think it'll be. It'll probably at Molyneux. It'll probably be pretty damage damage limitation. Um, you know, like I say, I think if we can. You know, even hold on to the ball for you know, even start stringing some passes, and you know, even get some field position for a concerted period of time. You know, it, it, it's the you know when you're playing against a better class of opposition, you know, it's always the same in terms of getting free kicks higher up the park. Um, you know, Heatley and Owens will be important for for us to try to do that and get a, you know get a few balls in, into the box and and and, and hope, hope for the best. I think it's Seaview will be a better game. You know, I think. I think the you know we've got a 4G plastic pitch. It's quite a small yeah. pitch, and that. that'll yeah that that'll hopefully even things up a little bit. And you know the Crusaders midfield will hopefully be able to get in about the you know Wolves a bit more. But you know on, on a big pitch like Molineux, be you know I'm 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 going down there for a bit of a party and a bit of a drink rather than in any hope of of creating too many upsets. Do you know what is what is your pitch? How is that perceived by? people outside you know, um, I know it can be you know sometimes yeah. controversial in other parts of the world I know they obviously use it a lot in Russia but um, yeah. how, how is that perceived uh, so initially I can't remember the exact date when we initially had a 3G pitch which was converted to, to 4G and it didn't you know we have the usual mutterings and stuff within you know other Irish league teams about, about its quality and stuff I personally like it I think it is there hasn't hasn't been obviously too many. I can't think of any significant injuries off the top of my head. I think I think it's associated more with you know sort of 
you know, when people are sliding along, you know, and they get burned and stuff. So I think it probably does, it probably does affect players from that point of view. But uh, I personally like it. It you know, it allows us to to, to use the pitch, uh, you know, all year round. And I, I don't think we've had. I know it avoids obviously games being cancelled and stuff, which for you know a club our size, you know, is is, is very very important really for us. Um, but injury wise, I can't really think of there being that many that many major injuries over the past couple of years. Um, I stand to be corrected about that, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. So, I, and it, it kind of suits our kind of suits our style of play as well. You know, I think when we're playing against weaker opposition, you know, we do. Try to pass it slickly, and uh, you know it, it, it suits us. And I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm personally a fan of, of of 4G pitches in general, but I appreciate they're they're controversial in other other areas. Talking about the uh, the second leg next week in Belfast, uh, there'll be obviously yeah. fans. There'll be fans coming over to the staging to see the game. Where where would you recommend for people coming out to visit in Belfast in general to to go see, or, or and also are there any? Hidden gems that people may even not know know much about that fans might enjoy go seeing. Yeah, so Belfast in general, yeah, it, it's generally described, I suppose, you know, as a, a city on the up. You know, I um, I think it's pretty good for you know, it sort of caters for all markets. You know, I think that you know, for the the boozers, you know, I think there's, I think actually before the game, you know, and leading up to the game, I probably advise the Wolves fans just to just to get out straight to the ground. Um, there's, you know, uh, the the social club has been recently revamped at, at, at Seaview and you know can hold um, significant, um, you know, significant uh, numbers and what have you. Um, and like I said, I don't think there'll be any aggro or any particular problems. It'll be a, um, it'll be a full house at Seaview and the Crusaders fans and all are, are pretty. Uh, pretty welcoming bunch. Um, there's no real, you know, appreciate you know, Wolves fans. You know, are probably used to you know, boozers in and around the, in and around the ground and stuff. But you know, the the bars in and around the shore roads, yeah, are, are, are fine. You know, if you're if you're up for going into dual men boozer and stuff, there's a few along the shore road. But generally, I would advise them to 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 get out and take up the atmosphere within the. Uh, with the Crusaders fans at, at, at the ground, to be honest, um, with Belfast in general, it's got you know it's got lots to lots to offer. Belfast Castle and um, Belfast Zoo are, are situated in the north side of the city. Um, they're pretty close to each other, so it's you know it's not un, not unthinkable to do those both at the same time. Um, and you, know, I think in and around the Titanic. Uh, well, the Titanic in and around the harbour in general is Titanic. Um, you know, the tourism for the ti- Titanic stuff is is, is, is fantastic. Well, maybe a little bit pricey um, for those interested. And the Titanic quarter's got quite a few posh restaurants and, and nice boozers in and around there for uh, an afternoon of, of fun games. But generally, advise you know just before the game to get out to the get out to the ground and make friends. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, finally, Thomas, uh, what's your score prediction then? What are you going for as of now for uh, for both legs? Yep. So I think the first leg, um, I would be reasonably happy with a three nil defeat. Um, second leg, Crusaders to win two one. And big thanks to Thomas for having a chat with us there, uh, gentlemen. Did we do any other research on Crusaders FC at all? 
I've got some notes, just in case. I'm glad you have. I, did, <laughs> I, I, was, I was going, but I know we've got so much to cover, so I haven't. Um, no. I think what I was interested by that interview with Thomas is that their, well, his point of view, he did say a pessimistic point of view, was that they're just going there for damage limitation. And to win and, a corner. And to win a corner <laughs> and to have a good time. So everyone in their head's now going to be thinking above five goals for Wolves. And if we do yeah. win, it's going to be a 1-0. I think You're it'll be quite win. scrappy. I yeah. think it'll be like playing against a lower league team and they'll just try and sit 10 men behind the yeah, ball yeah. and maybe try and catch us on the break. But I do want to see that away and, and go crazy if they do win a corner. <laughs> that would be very good. The one thing I loved about it, which I asked Thomas on the interview, the Steel and Suns Cup on Christmas Day. I know it's an amateur cup, but who is wanting to get up on Christmas Day to play a competitive match of football. <laughs> I mean, if you were a, a, you know, a, a supporter, you might be like, yeah, go on then. I'll go catch a football for a, a couple of hours. No, no, Christmas I, Day, though. That's a, I've mm, only ever yeah. gone to the pub but once on Christmas Day. <laughs> and it was, it was so shit. I don't believe that. Because <laughs> I, 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 the red line, Wensfield, represent. <laughs> and it, it, was, it took 20 minutes to get served in a pub and you there pretty much every three or four times a week every other time of the year <laughs> I, like, I like how you kind of were a bit uncomfortable oh, I was revealing that online was, you know. no, I was thinking uh, yeah. who's listening relative oh. to the time I did it no. um, <laughs> not now <laughs> more now um, but, <laughs> but now you just couldn't get I mean, those people in there you've never seen your life and thought, well, why have you come out on Christmas day why just go away this is our pub and it was so <laughs> awful I thought I'm never doing this again um, are we all looking forward to this tie in general and the, well more so the away tie because their stadium holds uh, just over three, well, three, just under four thousand. Average attendance for a season is about just over a thousand. Artificial pitch as well that Thomas mentioned. The stadium looks like something from Subutio, which mm. I love. But I mean, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this on the away. I, do you know what? I've, I think rather than play, you know, a team in you know a huge Olympic stadium and you know only have it sort of quarter full, to have it in this sort of scale is pretty cool. That's what I love like the FA Cup and I'm not disrespecting Crusaders at all but I love playing smaller teams and smaller stadiums. I love all that, you know, so um, I, I'm looking forward to the, the the coverage and, you know, meeting the tea lady I'm sure, I'll have an interview <laughs> beforehand you know, um, but no it, it, I'm really trying not to patronise because that's not the intention. But, you want to make you know, a special sausages in the local butchers. <laughs> we talked about this the other last year. We, yeah, the school kids, you know, with posters for Ruben Neves and, and you know, all that. It'll be great, but... If there is not a poster from a Crusaders one that says, Ruben Neves going to have your shirt, oh. then end the tie now. Oh, do you know, oh, the, end do, the tie. Do you know what? I was looking forward to this season and then I'm just thinking of the things that I hate about football and I hate that. <laughs> it's a new thing, I hate it? that. Can I have your shirt? It's Come a tourist on, Cody, can I have your shirt? And it's like... God, but I like it when they go for players who aren't probably the biggest players, like Ryan Bennett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah don't oh, go that, for a fullback that, or a centre half. It's like I've got more chance here. That's, <laughs> but that's that's just crafty. Isn't Maybe it, really? you need to be tactical. It's like that guy yeah. in China when they ride off the when they got off the coach and said, "Cody, I love your smile." <laughs> <laughs> he met him later on. Did you see that? Oh, did he? On, when the um, the training ground video, it's on the Wolves YouTube, and the, oh. yeah, he was there with that poster again. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, you love my smile." And he, yeah. Also, that um, that Wolves fan Yang, Yang, yeah, oh, he's been Great, that was a great story. That was um, the nickname for Crusaders FC, the Hatchet Men. That bodes well. Mm. <laughs> um, their manager Stephen Baxter has been in charge for fourteen years now. I mean, mm. Tom's Saved mentioned them. he's part of that that saviour. Um, their assistant manager, everybody, Jeff Spears. <laughs> Spells <laughs> like Timothy. I'm just hoping for a decent yeah. relationship there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, their Europa League record, they've played 24, won 6, drawn 4, lost 14, scored 26 
Um, yeah, we'll score 26 against 56. So there's a chance mm. for them. Competitive. I mean, looking at the, that's the second leg against Torshaven, whatever they were, mm. they look like <laughs> it looked like big, uh, big Jeff up front, and from Bilston Town, <laughs> it, it was that kind of lump it and hope tactics. Well, that's why I said being fit. B36 on the interview because I just got scared forgot how to pronounce Torshaven <laughs> so I thought I'm not going to say it just say B36 but it, it, when you look at it and you think well the semi, it's semi-pro they're the third probably the third biggest team in Northern Ireland but they finished fourth in the league and you think well how tough is this going to be realistically we should smash them about five or six that's why I'm intrigued mm. about look, Andy says the home leg they may come in ultra defensive and it's a game where if Wolves do score an early goal you think that's it it's done and dusted. Yeah. But I think it's the difference now between like when, when Bolton came here two years ago and beat them 5-1 when they were trying to be ultra-defensive to when other teams have come and sat back and just, like Brighton last year, they had the quality to sit back and get something out of it. I don't think they're going to have the quality to do that. So even if they come and sit in, I don't think, see it as being a problem, especially if you're going to have Troy Ray and Vinagra attacking mm. them. The difficulty is, is obviously it's the unknown with them. We don't really yeah. know a lot about this team. It could be that they're akin to play in a National Vanarama League standard mm. team, or it could be that actually they're a little bit better than that. And obviously they've got a half decent pedigree in Europe for a team of that yeah, size. Yeah. You know, twenty six ties. Granted, only six wins, but they've got that experience. And still. Could, you would think they'll come into it with no fear as well. They've got nothing to lose from this game. They've only got they've <laughs> got a lot to gain from it. And what interests me is um, what side Nina's going to put out because you could put full front to them and try and keep a consistency. He might give some more of the kids to run out, but then there is still a risk with playing some more of the kids, depending on the level. But you would think it's the right level. What do we think, gents? I'm, I read, I, I can't call it at all. I think it's still pre-season. It's, and they, they've only had two games. I think he's just going with the same team he played in, in the Asia Trophy. I don't see any real... I mean, maybe Vinagre for Johnny, but that's the only real change from that mm. first 11. I don't see why he'd, he'd do it when they've only, it's pre-season and they've only had two games. And most of it, 60 minutes at best. He's roll back, do we know? I think I he's back in training, but he won't be. Probably be too he soon. won't. I, I think he even might. When we start back in the Premier League, he might even rest the first couple of games, but potentially with the summer he's had. But yeah, I, I can't call it because we we love how consistent Nuno is, and he doesn't really fear playing overplaying players, does he? So, but then you know. There's an argument, certainly. You know, we talked about Sanderson early, Perry or Ennis. You know that they'll get a run out. Um, but I think he'll be put a strong side out. I really do. Um, and, it, and, it, and it may just be as she was referring to, just for momentum purposes. He's uh, never really you know. made wholesale changes when we've played in cup games. No, he, no. he might have made maybe four changes to, mm. to a starting lit team, but you still expect to see. Well, it'd be Patricio. Cody, Bennett, and Bolly. But that's actually that's and an interesting one. Yeah, but you, I think you're right. But then he might go like he did in like the League Cup or, or the Cup when he played um, Reading Goal, for example. He might have mm. a the, he might have a different cup keeper, you know, for for the tournament. Um, yeah. I was thinking this earlier as well, thinking at how physical they are. You think like he did last season when he, he put um, Ruddy in f- to prepare him against um, for the United game. You think well. Would you put him in because of what happened at Cardiff away and the, a bit of a physical thing? But looking at how Patricio played and got that whack, you yeah. think, well, yeah, he can't give a fuck anymore. He's going all out. <laughs> he's got, he's acclimatised to England now. He's he's going all out. So I wouldn't have any problem with Patricio and a bit of physicality mm. anymore. So that would be the only one, I think, ready for Patricio. But otherwise, you'd rather 
rack up a cricket score. Oh, can we uh, mention how great England cricket winning oh. something as well? You'd rather... Um, there are people who are happy with us talking cricket. I know people don't like deviating on other th- subjects. I don't think we've ever done cricket. I think yeah. they'll be okay. No, because it's always been okay. wank, that's why. <laughs> well, I, think, I think they'll be okay with that. I think, you it know... It was such yeah. a good final, that was, though. It was it was it was crazy because I I was out <laughs> and he's like no, no mate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we've started it so we'll finish it sorry Andy <laughs> um, I was out at the kids party in the morning and I was just kind of like oh god I want to get back on I want to watch it and it was just it couldn't have been even more dramatic amazing absolutely amazing I mean, from yeah. early on from ten in the morning I got up I thought well I wonder what because obviously he's never, Corey's never been exposed to it before I thought oh, mm. he's going to get bored but no he just he sat there and he was fine and. The only time I deviated when I, I put it on my tablet and had the uh, the Grand Prix on the big telly, as you do, but <laughs> yeah, literally all day. And I, it's been a long time since I watched cricket all day long. It was oh, just right. wonderful. And it's just like, yeah. Yep. Can we yep. talk about so the wrestling? This is, this is how they feel when you yeah. talk about wrestling. Yeah. Oh, the Women's World Cup. Did you watch that? Bits and bobs. Yeah, yeah. bits oh, and really yeah. enjoyed. Cup, I enjoyed because I, I, I was going to give myself a break of football over the summer. I just, I was just like, oh, just you know, I'll have a break. You need mm. to get that fix. Yeah, but uh, women's World Cup, I loved it. Yeah, was, that was good. I thought it was really good. I don't think we'll do predictions, gentlemen. I think we'll leave no. it on these shows. Uh, but look, what we're going to do over these episodes, obviously, if our European journey continues, is obviously cover what's going on in Europe. We're going to get some audio as well from people who have gone to the games in Europe. So if you haven't been able to go, it gives you a taste of what it was like to go to those games. Now, gentlemen, it's been a long recording anyway, but do you want to do the quiz? Because Dan has prepared a quiz, as per usual fancast tradition. Rock on. Yeah, always. I have the quiz ready. Rain. Oh, th- where's my cup as well from last season? Um, That's a good question. Just imagine a cup and there you go. I'll get a mug from the cupboard. You can have that. <laughs> uh, right, Dan's got the questions. Are we all ready, Robert? This is the first who ever get, gets off the mark. Right. This is going to be tough because I'm up against some two big guns here, really. <laughs> um, Literally. I am. Right. Uh, Did um, you get like one... Got I got one. I beat. I beat Jake because I think everyone beat Jake. <laughs> I think some of the questions were in the last five years. So I beat yeah. Jake, but um, <laughs> the questions weren't yeah. about Jody Craddock. Right. You know? Everybody, get you. Should you have your phone with you? Because yeah, we're gonna get notepad out I or whatever. I got um, no. I'm just gonna have to just type stuff in Google and then maybe I'll have to delete some of <laughs> my searches on there so Dave can't see what I've been googling. Um, <laughs> Incognito. But actually, if I just show him that, just just he'll actually probably appreciate that. That's some interesting search term. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Uh, right, first question, play along at home. Hashtag wondering to Ganask. If you want to tell us how you got on. First goal, well, it's about goals. I don't know why I'm saying that. First question, how many goals did Jimenez score in this year's CONCACAF Con- Gold Cup? Is it CONCACAF? CONCACAF, yeah. CONCACAF. It's a great CONCACAF. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. CONCACAF. <laughs> how many goals did Jimenez score? Um, Andy, what did you go for? Five. Five, Stu. Five. Five, Rye. Four. Four. <laughs> <laughs> it was five. Okay, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't surprised, but I... I it is... Got to play fair. One, one, zero. Next question. Name the two teams former fancast favourite, Dukans Nazon, scored against for Haiti in the same tournament. I will give you a point for individual one. So name the two teams he scored against for Haiti in the same tournament. <laughs> Um, um, Roy is just thinking here. He's very, very tactical. He's thinking. 
Uh, <laughs> Remember, while you're waiting, you can get tickets to the live show. <laughs> Do that now whilst you're listening, and then you can ignore uh, us and we plea for you to buy tickets. Uh, Roy, what okay, I'm just going to go Colombia and Peru. Colombia and Peru. Andy? Oh, I went for Peru and Bolivia. Peru and Bolivia. Stu? I had no idea, so I said Gabon. Who are you going for? Gabon. Gabon. You <laughs> probably weren't even in there. And how about the other team? Two teams. America. America. None of you. No. None of you. Costa Rica and Canada. Oh. Come on, got to. Oh, I was close. You got to watch these tournaments. <laughs> Here we go. Our oh. next opponents, 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 Crusaders have only won one game inside ninety minutes in uh, Champions League or European Cup history. Uh, name the club they beat for a hundred points. So basically, if you get this right, you won the quiz straight away. So name the club they beat for a hundred points, or get a point for the country that team comes from. So do you want to try and go for it, gentlemen? Or do you just want to try and end the country of the team the Crusaders last beat? D- when was he? He doesn't say. So 100 mm. points, and you win the quiz right away if you can get the team that they beat inside 90 minutes. So if this is Champions League or, or European Or a point Euro. for the country that team came from. Andy's got a kind of whimsical, I think I know this, glean. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've picked we'll both a country and a club, and I don't know if that club plays in that country. So, okay. <laughs> so we'll go for... Andy first. Which one are you going to go for? The team or the country? I'll go with the team. The team. Dynamo Tbilisi. There's one for that one. Stu? I went for Scotland. You went for Scotland and Roy? I'll go Cyprus. Cyprus. No, the country was Albania. (laughs) The team was Skenderbu. (laughs) Skenderbu. Of course it was. Please, (laughs) let's say I've got that right. Uh, Crusaders beat Faroe Islands opponents. Beat the... Beat the... I can't get words out. It's the heat... B36 Torjevin early this week to set up the greatest UK battle since the British Bulldog fought the dynamite kit at Blackpool Tower in 1989 and uh, dancers say he did make that up uh, according to the official Wolves website how many members are there in the Finland Wolf supporters group oh, he's, going he's fin- put something he's put something in brackets here he's going Finland or is he, he going Viking Wolves though, he's gone, well he says in brackets which has F and land like Faroe Islands I don't know what he's saying there. Anyway, just Finland supporters group. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll start myself. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with twenty three. Twenty three, uh, Andy. Eighty six. Eighty six. Seventy. Seventy. Um, now do I do nearest or do I do exact? What do you think, gentlemen? Are we all? Oh, I think is it one 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 zero? We'll do nearest. Yeah, do nearest then. It's 20. Oh, so right. Yeah, right. Back okay. in the game. Yeah. Back in the oh. game here. Uh, former Finnish wall striker, Miksu Patalainen. <laughs> I remember him well. Scored how many goals in 33 league and cup games for Wolves? Stu's there straight away. Anybody else going to get there straight away? How many goals did Miksu score? Three. So we've got we've got three. You said four, didn't you? I'm going to go with eight. We've got eight. Um, well, we've, got to, we've got to keep me nearest, haven't we, really? And the answer was five. Yes. So Stu mm. gets the point two one one. Uh, he was nicked down fatter line and in a load of points. <laughs> 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 Which Wolves manager signed Mixu for a reported two hundred fifty k? Which Wolves manager signed Mixu for a reported two hundred fifty k? Oh no! Mm. <laughs> Stu doing the th- the working out here. Right. I was thinking. I was thinking of shirts again. Tell us now. How are you getting on at home? Wondering to Ganask is your hashtag. Tweet it to us. Okay, I, I'm just going to go with Colin okay. Lee. So, Roy's gone for Colin Lee. Uh, Stu? 
He's gone for Connolly as well. McGee. And Andy's gone for Mark McGee. Andy shot right. Mark McGee. 2-2-1. Oh. Two, two, and we're in the, the last two questions here. Dan hasn't got a tiebreaker question. Oh, he has got a tiebreaker question. He was so signed and then McGee was sacked. Mm. Uh, in 1972, Wolves lost the first ever Europe, Europe, UEFA Cup final 3-2 on aggregate to Spurs. <laughs> Name the Wolves player who scored both our goals over the two legs. Who scored both Wolves' goals over the two legs in that defeat to Spurs in the 1972 UEFA Cup final? Poor times. Okay, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with John Richards. John Richards, just right, shoot from the hip straight yeah, away. Yeah, I've got me John Richards. John Richards, <laughs> John Richards you're wrong, it's Dave Wagstaff. Oh. So we do go for a tiebreaker to Stu and Andy to see who will take the first point in the Fancast quiz this year. I'll play for fun. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Roy wins the quiz if he gets it. Uh, how much did last season's winner, Chelsea, of the Europa League, reportedly get in Euros? For winning, said Europa League. Again, it will be closest. How much money in Euros did Chelsea get, reportedly, for uh, winning the Europa League? <laughs> here we go. Tense music. This is where I should bed that in, but I don't have that ability here. <laughs> so, off the hip. Stu straight away says that. Andy, you say that. So, Stu gone for 16 million. 35 <laughs> Andy's gone for 35 million that was Champions League I can tell you that Andy for the first ever time it's not you oh. <laughs> it's due the answer was 8.5 million 8.5 million euros seems modest ah, so I yeah. wasn't sure if he was adding up all of the rounds or what so yeah that's, okay. that's prize money Look, that was Champions yeah. League winners if oh. you've got an issue take it up with the quiz yeah. master yeah. Dan we'll course. have words Daniel <laughs> Uh, we're going to come right to the end of the show, gentlemen. It's been quite a long recording. Do you want me to try and quickly squeeze in two Twitter corner questions before we go? Let's see what we've got on here. I'm just going through stuff. Uh, Pixel Yeti Media, sponsors of the show, of course, say uh, Jeff Sheet comes up with the, with the money for uh, a new money idea and decides to make a Wolves boy band to help generate more money and expand the brand of Wolves. You can pick four of your boy band from Wolves past and present players. Who do you go for? Sorry, I was preoccupied with that. <laughs> oh, <question>. come on. <laughs> Wolves boy band, past and former, well, past and current players. Who okay. Going for? Four members. Matinho would be the pretty boy. Yeah, Matinho straight away. Steve Sedgley for the bands. Okay. So Matinho, Steve Sedgley, <laughs> I like where this is going. I reckon Connor Cody can do the rap breakdown in the middle. <laughs> I think, and Robbie Keane for his boyish looks. Yeah. In yeah. The, the Irish. Mm, yeah, he's an Irish singer. And then managed, managed by... Um, Will they have a manager? John Ward. <laughs> 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 what were they that called? Wolf Cubs. <laughs> That's a poor name. <laughs> Come on. Someone tweeting a better one. Someone's been changing <laughs> the radio. And this would be the name. Uh, right, this is where we'll end uh, the One You Can Ask episode, everybody. And we'll go to uh, Jay Stringer, who says, Is it weirder to name a sex doll or leave it anonymous? Is it a real doll, though, or a blow-up one? He doesn't specify. Yeah, because then real dolls are proper... <laughs> go down that Channel 5 documentary before it starts. 
Oh, that, that guy who, who he had him around his, his dining room table. Oh, I wondered where you were going with that. I'm glad it was his dining room table, <laughs> yeah. not something else oh, no, he had it around, yeah. His wife... He's, first, he, he had, he's the first part of that, yeah. He was married as well, and he, he had all these real dolls around his dining yeah. room table, and they all had names and different hairstyles and stuff. So if it's if it's inflatable, then now you've been silly. But if it's... A, if it, We're having this conversation. <laughs> so I've, I've started, I think you've got to name the doll. If you have a pet or someone you spend time with at home, and you know you've got to name the doll. Um, the it's answer a- to your question would be yes. Um, no, I'm just thinking of a name, <laughs> Roxanne. Roxanne. <laughs> and on that high caliber note, that's where yeah. we'll leave it, gentlemen. Thank you for listening to this episode again. When we've got a, a game in Europe. Wondering to can ask is the place to come to to check out what's been going on with Wolves. Where'd you go to? Europe. Wondering to can ask. Like that's it. the one. That's yeah. the one. Uh, so we'll be back next week with Wondering to ask. We'll you know, if you've got this wrong for the whole thing, <laughs> <laughs> I literally went on. We could have picked a different now. Thank you for listening. Look, you know, the domestic shows are back in a couple of weeks where we really kick off the season. We'll no, don't, 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 don't just go. Oh, oh, but the domestic show. This has been good, Dave. You know, <laughs> you like you rendered it as if like. We'll let the, yeah, we'll, I know, we'll, but we'll the, let the, domestic, the real ones coming up. You know? <laughs> we'll let the listeners decide. <laughs> Okay, this is right. any good okay, this is the real show it's like only two hours long so. yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening uh, follow us all week on Twitter social media you know what, you know the draw by now if you like if you've actually liked listening to this um, <laughs> get, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes give us five stars give, leave a review it, everybody tells you it helps you with the charts so we're going to tell you the same as well uh, for this first episode bye from Stu bye live tickets bye Andy bye your live tickets bye Ryan can if you want. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you've got nothing else on, yeah. buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and it's bye from me. I'll see you next furniture with feather looks like pieces that fit your style and your space and cost less than your monthly phone bill oh and did we mention delivery and assembly included feather start renting at livefeather.com